0: I remember camping as a kid, and in college, and hell, even as an adult. And you'd wake up in the morning, having slept all night on that hard ground. Never made a damn bit of difference if you had a pad underneath you or not. When you woke up, you were stiff and sore and wanted to complain. But you didn't, because it was all part of the fun. When my eyes finally flicked open that next morning... The first sensation I had was that same damn pain, except it felt ten times worse. Truth be told, I slept all night, but I sure as hell didn't sleep well. It was hard stone, and I was damn cold. I was about to complain, but then realized that no one was around to hear it, and I was alive. I had made it through the night. I had nothing to complain about. I guess this would be considered my fun for this impromptu camping trip. I sat myself up in my survival sleeper, wiped away the ice crystals on my lashes, and took a look toward the cave entrance at the world outside. Looked like it was still snowing, even if only a little bit. My heart sank at that. I hoped that it hadn't been snowing all night because I wanted to keep an eye out for my footsteps or anyone else's. Plus, if it was snowing, it might get worse. And though this cave helped keep me alive, it wasn't going to become a permanent residence. It was morning, the sun was up, and I had to move, especially if I planned on getting warm. I got up felt my muscles curse me for doing so, then gathered my supplies. I got smart and grabbed a couple of pieces of charcoal from the fire. I wanted to save the ink pen for writing in this journal, and I found a decent sized piece of cardboard that was used for backing in the survival sleeper. I figured I could use it as a map to help me not get lost. Without looking back, I stepped out of the cave and brought my new idea up to get started. Then I heard that damn wolf howl again, and he sounded close this time. Good morning to me. I figured I could map later, plus I guess I wasn't coming back here, so it was time to move. Rather than explore the area, I figured my best move was to lower my elevation. Thankfully, I remembered where the rope was from yesterday, and I made it there in good time. I took a look over the edge first, of course. No bear but the height of it all hit me in my empty stomach, and I felt a new kind of fear. (laughs) A pilot suddenly afraid of heights. I guess it wasn't the height I was actually scared of. It was more the fear that I might slip, lose my grip, fall, break something from that big height, then freeze to death in the snow. Or worse, be eaten by the bear or wolves while freezing to death. The wolf howling again behind me convinced me climbing down a rope still was a better option. Adrenaline is a wonderful thing. You can be cold, stiff, hungry, and yet still find the strength to lower yourself down a cliffside to relative safety, and still have the energy to get moving. I say relative safety because I was down on this level less than five minutes, making my way, gathering more sticks of course when I came up over a small hill and saw that damn bear. He was close. Or maybe he was just so damn big that he seemed closer. I caught a break, though. He didn't see me, and I made sure it stayed that way. Again, adrenaline is a wonderful thing. I doubled back and around the way I came, keeping plenty of distance between me and Smokey, Ben, Yogi, the thing that made DiCaprio its bitch, whatever the hell you want to call it, I kept my distance. I found the stream the bear was on yesterday when I first saw it. It was frozen, of course, but it was a waterway, a path, a trail, hopefully a route to safety or some shelter. I moved along the stream's edge, keeping my ears open for wolves, or the big boy, and my eyes open for everything else nabbed a few more sticks, and then remembered something from my youth. Cattails, and that parts of them are edible. Along the shoreline of the stream, there were a few here and there. I took the time to test my memory. Uprooting one, I bit into the chute. Reminded me of cold asparagus and grass, but still edible. Another break. I allowed myself a little glimmer of hope as I moved along the stream, grabbing more cattails as I went. When I reached the point of the stream where it opened up into a larger pond, that hope died pretty quick. Not one, not two, but three wolves. This mountain apparently was crawling with them. The only thing that would have made it worse was to have the bear following behind me. I took a look to make sure. No bear. The wolves didn't see me yet, so I found some cover. When I crouched down, I felt pretty stiff. I should say that I was finding it kind of hard already to tell when I was getting really cold. You know what I mean? Even though it had only been two days, I felt like the cold was always with me. And if I wasn't careful, it would sneak up on me. And the next thing you know, the next step I take, I would simply freeze in place. I have no idea if any of that is true, that's just what it felt like. So I crouched down, open and closed my hands, fist, then open, fist, then open. The fingers were stiff, but I was okay. Which is good, because I thought I was hallucinating at first when I saw the cabin across the lake. But sure enough, it was there. A small cabin in a little ice fishing house out on this small lake. Talk about catching a break. I just needed to figure out how to get there without becoming that pack of wolves' next snack. I watched them for a bit. From all I knew about wolf behavior, which I admit was movies, followed by next to nothing, they seemed to behave strangely. They just sort of roamed back and forth on the lake, with no real purpose. That didn't seem right to me. I mean, if you're a predator, you're going to be on the move for your next meal. Not these guys. They just hung out. Like teens outside a store with nothing better to do. That made me nervous. I think in a perfect world I could probably scare them away and go on with my life. But Where I was, was far from a perfect world. But I did see a path around to the cabin. It looked safe, as long as the wolves stayed on the ice and they didn't have any more of their pack on their way over. Making it around wasn't as hard as I thought it would be. I had renewed energy, shelter, real shelter. Four walls, a roof, a door, and that chimney I saw meant a fireplace. If I could catch a few more breaks, there might even be some food inside, or fishing gear. I could ice fish. Cart before the horse. Let's just get to the cabin, I reminded myself. When I finally did come around the back side of it, it looked a lot closer to the water's edge than it did from the other side, which of course made the wolves closer. So I took a couple of deep breaths, and I ran like hell. The muscles in my legs were not happy in any way, shape, or form, but I did not care. When I came around to the front door, I swore I heard one of the wolves bark, but I didn't wait to find out. I opened that door, rushed inside, and shut it quick. I leaned up against the wall, pressing my body hard to the stones. Solid. Sturdy. And as I eyed the fireplace across the single room through the clouds of steam for my heavy breathing, I knew these walls would soon be warm. There wasn't a whole lot of space in this cabin, but there was enough. Two cots, a shelf, workbench, and even a little crawl space. I scavenged around and came up with a few supplies, with a big prize being a can of peaches. Peaches. Damn peaches. A can of fruit and thick, sugary syrup never looked so good. The lantern with fuel, a hacksaw, more matches, and a sturdy looking climbing rope all tied for second. The windows in this cabin weren't much to speak of holes in the wall with wood shutters, no glass, plenty of space for cold wind to get in, which it sure as hell did. Wasn't time to worry about that now. It was time to celebrate with a feast of peaches. I might just live. As I went to smash open the peach can, I heard footsteps. One of the wolves decided to pay me a visit. I could hear him padding his way around the outer edges of the cabin, and around, and around once more, but he kept his distance. It took a bit of effort, but I busted open that can and drank that sweet, sweet syrup, and I slurped down every last fragment of peach I could find in there. The can was ruined, but I was fed. I washed it down good, and then decided it was time to get warm. I set about making a fire, realizing I probably should have done that first. I could have had hot peaches warming me up on the inside as well as the outside. Lesson learned for next time. The fire got going, good and hot. There was even some wood left inside. I said a silent thank you to whomever did that. If I had an axe or a hatchet, I would have returned the favor. I knelt down in front of the fire and reached in my pack for the can I used to melt and purify the water last night. But it wasn't there. I searched around a bit more, in other parts of the pack. Nothing. My pants. Inside my shirt. The pack again. And a third time. Still nothing. I searched desperately around the cabin. That kind of searching when you already know what the result will be, but you still have to do it anyway. Then it hit me. I left it in the cave. I looked at the ruined can that held my peach dinner. Useless. Just like I would be if I didn't figure out how to get some safe water. And then the wind whipped up and howled outside the door. Another storm on the way to remind me that for all the breaks I was given today, all of it could vanish in an instant. Idiot. My Quiet Apocalypse is copyright 2018 by Are You Not Entertainment and is a fictionalized account of an actual play in the video game The Long Dark, owned and produced by Hinterland Studios. For information about the game, visit hinterlandgames.com. Intro music by Nicholas Gasparini. Credit music by Gunslinger Andy. For information about the show and those behind it, please visit myquietapocalypse.com.